The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Shall we begin? Smiley is a suspicious person. You won't know who to trust. Let's begin. Hello, fellow spy nerds. Uh, we are back with another episode of uh, the Spies Like Us podcast. That's a podcast where myself and my trusty co-host Dave like to talk about the representation of tradecraft on screens large and small. In this case, today we're talking about a small screen. David, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're talking about the new show, uh, Adaptation of the Ipcrest File. Oh, yeah. Um, it's... Uh... It's starring Joe Cole. Joe Cole, which you might know more about than I do, because you watched Peaky. Isn't he from Peaky Blinders? Yes, uh, he plays. I think John. Uh, yeah, it, it, this was a really different role for him um, than what I'm used to. I'm used to like a live wire, you know, kind of do what I want type of gangster, and uh, he is kind of a do what I want type of guy, but. He's much more stoic and much more witty. (laughs) (laughs) I am looking forward to definitely talking about the Joe Cole performance here. Um, I do have some notes I got to give to the audience right off the top. Number one is uh, we're recording this. This might be kind of a suboptimal recording quality because I'm out on vacation uh, taking care of my sister's kids. I've got a very crappy laptop. I don't have my usual recording gear. And also, I don't, I'm not sure how well I'll be able to edit this episode. So just uh, hang out with us for the bumps, uh, hopefully, folks. Um, this show, I also want to mention, this show is a little bit hard to get a hold of. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, there are some hurdles you'll have to jump over. We're not in the business of telling you how to jump over those hurdles, uh, but we have, and I'm really happy that we have because, spoiler alert, I fucking love this show so much. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm digging it so far. Um, this this is this is what I like out of spy content is is it's got that feel that i really really like and the score you don't even really notice it unless you're paying attention but it gives you that kind of like sneaky feel you know uh, and everything's like paced really well and uh, i i can i can feel like something big coming on so I'm, I'm really excited to see the rest of the show me too so uh what what happened with me um is i've uh, today, I've actually watched all the way up through one through five. Um, and then I, I kind of briefly rewatched episode one just before we started recording. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, this show is going places. <laughs> Man, this is this is a strong contender for me. If they can keep it in the in the center, I keep thinking of like Apollo 13 where they make the scratches and they just have to keep the like the earth in the center. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like this show is, is, I mean, sometimes it strays a little to the left or the right, but right now it might be on track to be a five star rating from me. And I might be arguing for a five park bench rating. That's how much I am into this show. Let's talk real quick about the spoiler warning we gave. Now we did cover the Hipcrest file 
movie from, I think it was 1965. Mm -hmm. And in that, at the top of that episode, we told our listeners, hey, if you guys uh, want to totally avoid spoilers, if, if you haven't seen the movie and you're excited about the TV series, maybe give it a pass. Listen, right now, I'm willing to say this show, the story is going to go in different enough directions that although we will promise to uh, try to avoid spoilers of stuff we know from the movie, if we let something slip, trust me, it's not going to ruin anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff I wanted to say up at the top. Now, you, Dave, where do you want to take this discussion? Let's talk. Let's talk about this show. Well, first, first of all, I want to really um, applaud, uh, you know, the showrunners and writers uh, who have set up. And I've only seen the first episode. Um, they really set everything up that annoyed both of us in the movie. Like, why is the CIA involved? What were they doing there? There was no reason for them to be there. Well, now we have a reason. You know, they're, they're getting them involved in getting the scientist. Um, I also loved getting to see uh, Palmer's backstory. Like instead of him getting into intelligence after his like shady army career, uh, he actually gets arrested and they recruit him from, from jail. Um, I, I, I really, really like that, uh, that they were like, here's a guy that's in contact with someone we need to get in contact with. And they didn't even recruit him he actually recruited himself he was like look i was gonna say i love that i love that like and i'm not sure i'm not sure if hollander uh had that in mind when he went into that interview but i love the fact that instead of uh you know the classic like we want you to do us a special job it's actually harry that is like hey well how bad do you want it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that really does set his character up. That it's believable that you know one, he's got this military career, so he can kind of carry his own. Two, he discusses how he smuggled in what lobsters, and how he was able to get and chocolates. Yeah. And uh, you know, I guess I guess Hershey has got to uh, have given them some money. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, that, that, that was great. That was like right on the camera. So they, they definitely, that was definitely product placement. But um, he, he told the story of like his smuggling days that he was able to get between East and West Berlin um, and how he did it. So, you know, when he's, you know, we'll talk about this, I guess, a little bit later, but when he's on the other side and runs away uh, from being captured, he could be like, how the fuck does he know this area? Well, because he's been smuggling there like for what, um, like a few years or whatever. So uh, I, I I really love that the the just the entire team really covered their bases on this show. You know what I mean? Right. You know, there's a there was a part of there was a line in the movie where where Dolby notices uh, Harry's criminal past. And and says, well, that might that might come useful. And in the movie, it's kind of a non sequitur; it doesn't make any sense. Here, we actually get to we get to see like how Harry's particular set of skills that he has just might make him a naturally good secret agent. Yeah. Uh, oh, but speaking of which, I love when he was going to try and run, and uh, Hollander actually catches him. 
so he he sees he he doesn't get a promise from Hollander that he's going to go free. So he's like, well, I'm just going to fucking hightail it the fuck out of here. Gets himself a passport, gets himself some money. Oh, right. Yeah. Like ticket to Geneva, <laughs> has his like locker with like his cash stash, you know? And then like Hollander's like, you're good. I'll admit it, but not as good as me. Maybe one day you'll be a good spy. You know, uh, I'll make sure that, you know, uh, it's, th- there's, a, there's a lot of really good dialogue that really kind of, uh, you know, gets the palate salivating for, for what's to come. So I really, really, really like this first episode. You know, it's so weird to see like uh, this younger version of Harry Palmer. And I was thinking like, well, part of it is like you and me have grown up like our whole lives. Michael Caine has been like this massive force right. of an actor where like, uh, you know, to us, like even when we saw Ipcress file, when he's like basically a young man, we're still kind of have that filter of seeing Michael Caine as an old guy. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as, and as cool as it was to see like Michael Caine as, you know, a young, just getting the notice just now, if file and Zulu are when like, are the, the, you know, he's first making his mark and coming to the attention of movie audiences as a powerhouse actor. Um, it's, I don't know. It's really, I think it's really cool. Like, I mean, at first there's like a little bit of a disconnect, like uh, this version of this Joe Cole, Harry Palmer feels so much younger, but he also, he also slots in and how do you, well, uh, let me, let me throw out some, some shit you might not be aware of. Like in England, where I think Ipcrest file is much better known than it is outside of England. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of controversy about this casting. Uh, there's, I think, you know, I, I didn't go into it, but I asked a friend of mine that lives in London, like, you know, how, what's the, what's the vibe on this upcoming uh, show? And he was like, man, like a lot of people are really, really iffy on this Joe Cole um, <laughs> situation. And this is, we're talking big shoes to fill. We are talking about possibly england's greatest living actor and not only that we're talking about one of the films that uh he made immemorial with his portrayal how do you like joe in this one well you know like i said like i i know him just for peaky blinders and he plays kind of he's like the younger brother but he's he's like a live wire you know and he's like fast living and you know, uh, running around, punching guys up and, you know, it doesn't take shit from anybody. And, um, it, this is a very different, uh, uh, performance for him. And, um, he's still playing a, like, I don't take shit from anybody. I'm kind of like on my own, <clears throat> you know, follow my own compass type of thing, but he really dialed it down. Like he, he really like got a lot of the subtleness and they gave him a lot of, witty lines and he delivered them very well so i mean you know i i can see just like how people would be upset that this is the person that's supposed to be michael kane and i'm like i'm seeing this and i'm like i don't think he's replacing michael kane i think he's just playing the harry palmer character and i think he's doing it very well like he wasn't trying to do what michael kane did he's trying to be michael palmer you know, through his skill set of acting. And I think he's doing a really good job. 
I, I, I could not agree with you more. I love this guy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a hundred percent on board. Speaking of Hollander, who is um, a repeat performance uh, or a repeat actor in terms of our Spies Like Us podcast, of course, we adored him in The, the Night, Night Manager. Manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and The Night Manager is not that long ago. Uh, clearly, Hollander is older mm-hmm. now. But also, he's playing much older. Yeah. Like he's, I'm. So now this is this is three. This is now three Hollander performances that I've been uh, an audience for. Uh, the first is I don't know his name, but like basically the main admiral of the East India Company in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, where that's I, right. Yeah, yeah. Where where I thought he was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the night manager character, and then this character. These are very, I mean, maybe the first and the third have more to do, but the difference between his character in The Night Manager and this show is like, it's really night and day. This yeah. I, this really shows his range. And, and then let's talk about, so, you know, so you got Hollander. So apparently, like, you got Hollander, you got your, your established veteran actor right off the bat. We get that interview scene, uh, you know, Harry's in jail, Joe, and so we get we get a great scene of Joe Cole on one side of the table, Tom Hollander on the other side of the table, and they have what what I like to say, what what I think I'll call a British Bake Off. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know you like these kind of scenes in the uh, in the movie. Do you, do you want to talk about them a little? Like this, this well, just well, like the, the the scene I've I've really really enjoyed. Well, and it was really short. Was when he first, um what's her name? The 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 girl like I'm, I'm she's supposed to be parallel to the in in the film that is kind sure, of sure uh, sure she's I'll tell you I'll tell you she's got the same name she's still Jean Courtney that's right but Courtney. but in the movie we usually referred to her as Courtney yeah. in this TV show. Most people refer to her by her first name of Jean. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, um, uh, when she picked him up and he, he notices her necklace and, and, you know, again, this goes back to what I was saying where the team really covered all their bases and they're really developing this character, Harry Palmer, um, as well as her character, you know, cause she gets a, a lot of good screen time. That's really, developed she's, I mean, she's, I mean, she's like got equal screen time. Yeah. Like she, they really, really ramped her up in ways that I find awesome. By the way, I fucking love her. I love her yeah. to death. <laughs> she's great. Um, uh, yeah, he, cause she, we, we saw a scene where her fiance gives her like this fucking really expensive necklace. And so he gets in the car and he notices it. And, you know, this really builds on his character that this guy's a smuggler. He understands value. He uh, also demonstrates like, you know, I guess um, uh, you know, the, 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 the comings of a possibly amazing spy where he's able to basically um, induce like about her and what's going on. She, he's like, nice necklace, Chanel. She's like, you know a lot about jewelry. He's like, yeah. So what's it? Fiance, you know, like, and she, like they, they have this, you know, cause you wanted to talk about some of like the, the dialogue, they have this back and forth that really creates this tension and, and it really shows her uh, ability to withhold information and also not take shit from anybody. 
Um, and, and then it shows him being able to establish value as well as read people um, and make inferences quickly, like on his feet. And, you know, she's like, look, if you don't watch it, you're, you're going to go back into that cell, you know, type of thing. And it, it, I, 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 th that's the scene that I really enjoyed sitting. In fact, I kind of rewound and watched it again. And uh, yeah, so as far as like the, the British bake-offs and quips at each other, you know, there's a bunch of them. And um, the, the one with Hollander at the interview, uh, you know, there's something like that. And then there's like the lunch um, it's, it's, it's loaded. Uh, and, and I, I really think that they kept it, um, like they didn't, they didn't carbon copy the film, but they, I think they realized it was very important that they, they brought it back, you know, cause I think that's what made the, the Ipcrest file film so fun to watch was like this little back and forth wit that everybody crisp, made. crisp arch archness. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah yeah and i feel like i i dude i almost feel like uh okay so i want to go on a little bit of a tangent here you know like you know i listen to a lot of conan o'brien uh you know podcasts and you know conan comes from a uh you know uh improv background uh -huh. and like and like when he gets into situations with guests or even like apparently this is just a thing about conan like he can't control himself like um you know he he when he runs into a, a friend that's also like kind of into improv like it could just be a dinner party but pretty soon they start sparring like some some little match gets lit where they start like going at each other and just <laughs> and, it, and it just turns into a fucking skit right, right before your eyes and like i what i wonder like with these like british bake-off scenes <laughs> i wonder like I, I'm trying to get into the mind of the actor, you know, of, of like Tom Hollander and Joe Cole and also this uh, lady, I didn't write her name down. Um, let's find it real quick because she is she is great. Lucy Boynton, hope I'm uh, pronouncing that right. Um, where it almost like you're, I mean, you're as an actor, you're given the script, you realize what your lines are, but I think it's really, or I like to imagine it's really when you actually get into the room with the other actor uh -huh. that's sitting across from you and you're doing your lines they're doing your lines and i think like a little glint in your eye starts coming up is like oh are we doing british bake-off we, <laughs> we are doing british bake-off you know like yeah. when you when you like realize like you know acting wise like game recognizes game and you know for British, for I know British people are like our second largest uh, segment of our audience. It's mostly American. We got we got some listeners from around the world. Britain, we love you. You guys might not realize just how cool this shit looks to us <laughs> when when it really looks like you guys are just like digging in and like just seeing how fucking british we can be yeah. <laughs> uh in in these kind of dialogue situations i fucking love it and and that's i'm happy that you love it too because one thing that has come up previously in this podcast is that uh you are sometimes critical of what you think is um like dialogue that is that you feel is overly scripted uh-huh um would would that be or how would you describe it uh well or, I, I think i think i've had a lot of dialogue issues on this podcast with stuff that we've watched um 
but uh, the, like the the one thing that really really bothers me is if like one you insult your audience or two like you're trying so hard to do something that it comes off like really cheesy um and i don't think it feels like this in in this film i th- i think it's i think it really has a nice rhythm and it feels analog even though it like could kind of sound a little scripted it doesn't like feel like it it's um, a bit it's a bit artificial but i don't mind cuz it's right. crisp cuz right. it's crisp yeah yeah, versus versus like the film of Crestfile, like it's it's very scripted. You know what I mean? It's it's like a, a ping pong match. You know what I mean? But even though here there's there is that you know like we're calling it the British Bake Off, like uh, I, I, it, it it feels like really natural, so to speak. I, I guess it's the way it's delivered, and it's not like just overly like just beating you over the head with it. I guess. Uh there's a love of the source material. Now, of course, we don't know which, I'll, I'll tell you this, this movie, the movie and the TV series, quite different, even though they have some similar like uh, uh, beats that they'll definitely hit. Uh, I don't know which is more uh, loyal to the book, but this move this tv series is very aware of and very uh just conscious of and in love with its source material vis-a-vis the movie yeah um it's it's pulling out some some great stuff i want to name a few things the uh the first scene where we see hollander where he's basically being like dressed down by the treasury department um where they say like W O O whatever it is, uh-huh. that's a great joke, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if if you're aware of like the the book uh, where the W O O C parent open parentheses P close parentheses what the fuck does that mean? And Len Dayton said he never even like gave a thought to what it would mean. <laughs> um, like the the opening on like the literally the opening is on like uh, a pair of Harry Palmer's famous glasses. Uh-huh. Uh, I got like I got a little bit super excited when I first saw Alice. Oh yeah, no no no. The, the, I, uh, you're talking about when um, she's reading off the terms and conditions and like having them sign the secrecy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I immediately knew who she was as soon as she started talking. I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I like, She's yeah. like killing it as, as Alice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see these little, these little touches that are like, like definite nods. And I mean, there's some that are a little over the top where like in both the TV series and the movie, like we see someone coming out of a theater that was playing the Manchurian candidate. Right. Um, Well, there was the, he even starts the show making the coffee, just like in the film, which was a nod. And uh, before he gets into the room to sign the secrecy act, there's a camera shot through the top window of the door, just like, uh, when uh, Kane first walks in to Courtney, there's that shot of him when he realizes someone's in his house. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There, the, you know, one thing I really wanted to see, and I, I don't know if it's in the, the later, because you've watched more than I have. I, I was like intently looking at the ties 
and I don't I don't think they did anything with the ties. And I was I was a little disappointed, but I, I don't know if you noticed anything in the other episodes. I did I did not. And it's noticeable, like there is no Ross character in this one. You know, like like that's that's the big that's one of the biggest departures to me between the TV show and the movie that we watched. Yeah. You know, in the TV show, like he's uh Palmer is basically like kind of being placed in this precarious position of uh loyalty to one or the other division. Uh-huh. And we don't have that here. Uh there is no Ross. Oh, you mean in the film? Sorry, okay. Uh uh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the well, I only saw the first episode, but uh, I was I was hoping we would get some of that later. But whatever, you're, you're telling me it's going to be good, so I'm excited to see the rest of it. Sure. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you right now, like, there's so much stuff that I want to talk about, about the directing, about the music, about the uh, stylization, about about this movie's uh, uh, more much more interested in history mm-hmm. than the film was. And also, uh, I forget, there was one other thing. But some of this stuff I feel like I could save to talk about in future episodes after we've really let it marinate. Um, one thing I'm super excited for you to see is, uh, you know, the, um, like, you know, previously on Battlestar Galactica yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of stuff. Um, I'm super looking forward to you seeing episode two. Because the way they do the recaps in this show is really awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's talk a little tradecraft. Um, sure. Did you, did you catch anything? Um, I got, uh, yeah. It seemed like there was more of a setup going on for characters, but I, I caught a couple things. Hey, you let's, have anything? Why, why don't you hit me first? I um, got, I got two. Well, I, I got, got two that I could talk about. I got two. The, there's one little one at the end where we're still not sure what the purpose is, but, uh, you know, he takes the cup after uh, the scientist that he was supposed to pick up gets shot. Um, and I don't know if it's evidence. Oh, I'm sorry. Him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Help me out. Scientist gets shot. Remember that he's supposed to go pick up the scientist to make, he, he goes to give. Oh, you're talking in the movie. No, in the show. In the show. Remember, oh. they were like, we need this scientist that's been kidnapped. He gets across the border to hand the cash to what is it? Headmaker was the code name for the guy. Gives the guy the cash. The guy leaves, and he's just sitting there. And and the hostage that he's supposed to pick up is just drinking tea. And then the, a bunch of people run in, like a nurse and some guys with machines. Oh, that part, the end, the end of the episode. Yeah, he takes the teacup that the guy was drinking out of, and and smuggles it back across the border. I, I guess it's to prove that he actually went there. I don't, I don't know because I haven't seen the other ones, but uh, um, I, I like that he brought something back because right, it maybe saliva DNA. I mean, I don't know. This is back in the Cold War. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do with it, but you know that that's one thing. I was like, okay, well, this kind of helps. It'll show that he was there, I guess. But um, the the one big one that I liked. Oh wait, 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 wait. Let's go back and forth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go if ahead. if okay. So. Uh... One of one of mine that I liked a lot was uh, when Gene goes and talks to the CIA agent, uh-huh. um, and you know, I mean, uh, she's doing it under Hollander's orders uh, to to uh, 
get their assistance with this, uh, which will be interesting too, because um, we, at some point, I mean, like I said, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone that hasn't seen it, but there, there might be a traitor involved uh, somehow, but um, you know, like she goes to the CIA and opens with, Hey, we've got this for you. You're interested, you know, this person, uh that you've been like trying to get a beat on well we have this location and we have these files and we can and we have them bugged and you know he's like well what's on offer and she lays it out she makes an offer first before making a request so this is basically like what i'm talking about is like uh intelligence trading right? oh okay yeah like so I think it's interesting to think about like how do you evaluate the value of intelligence to your ally your soft allies or even to your enemies mm -hmm. like like how is it that you know like um i guess what i'm trying to say is like like you know it, how do you know that what you're giving what you're giving them is a hundred dollar bill or ten thousand dollars Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, but like, it looks like a price tag on information. Right, but yeah. uh, it seems like to me in that scene, and and what I liked, but what it also makes me think about is like, well, how do you know how much they care about this intelligence? But clearly, like she's willing to, or the the order of operations is, when I come to you, I'm gonna say, hey, look, I have this and this and this. And so they will look at that and they will say like, oh, so you're not looking for a small favor. You know, you're oh. not looking for a, 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 a $500 favor. You're looking for a $5,000 favor. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, he looks at what she's offering and can, uh, you know, in his head do the weird like, CIA MI6 math of trying to figure out like, okay, so what do you want in exchange? Right. Um, so I, I just, I don't know that, that scene just made me like, think about that a lot, you know, cause it also came up in that, um, recent episode we did where they were talking about how, uh, G, uh, oh yeah, it was, uh, the French show and oh, how, right. And how like, Jihad Int was just a completely fungible resource. Mm -hmm. Like everyone wanted, like it didn't matter if it was something they were specifically looking for, like everyone will trade in Jihad intelligence. Oh, you know, yeah, that, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, that That's like cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't even matter if I need that amount of cash right now. I can, I can, if you're giving it to me, I can spend it in any number of other places right <laughs> as opposed to like sometimes like very specific intelligence right. so i just i just thought eh, it was fun to think about like the fungibility of different kind of intelligence uh that that you might be trading around um what else what else uh what else did you notice in here um who was his content headmaker I, I forgot the name but i think it was headmaker but he um 
I, I like how difficult it was to get in contact with him and the steps it took. And I kind of wanted it because basically what uh, Palmer had to do was show up to the club and tell the bouncer he's looking for, and then he names off like three different names and he goes, whatever he's calling himself that night. So not only is there a code name you got to know to get the guy, you got to know that night's code name. You know what I mean? Um, which, which like, if you don't know, if, if you're the wrong person and you're just showing up, that's going to alert the bodyguard, like, or the, the, the doorman, like, oh, this guy's sketch, like maybe throw him in the alley or something um, or whatever, or like just throw him off the trail or whatever. Um, so there's that. Uh, also, like he just has to sit there and watch the the dancers and wait until he gets a note. So that gives headmakers like guys time to really like you know think about the situation, scope out the place, figure out if yeah we want to talk. Then he gets the note. Then the note gets him to the back where they throw him in a car and drive him to like some remote place at a warehouse where there's no windows. Um, uh, and, uh, I know you don't like windows. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and then he gets to meet with you where he's going to pull a knife and put it to your throat and be like, don't fuck me or I'm going to cut you up. You know, it's a, I I really liked kind of the security level that he had to where this guy, and, and again, how much they're developing these characters, this guy doesn't fuck around. Um, not only is it going to cost your life, but it's very difficult to get to him anyway. Um, and, and it made it believable for, you know, the, back to the interview in the jail with uh, Digby um, or uh, where he was like, oh, you should have me go because he's hard to get. Now we got to see exactly how hard it is to get. So now I really believe that, OK, yeah, you better take me or he's going to kill your agents, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Uh, my next my next point uh, I wanted to make is kind of something I mentioned before is how much I enjoyed uh, seeing like Harry Palmer, the the scam man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, getting to see like in advance of him getting recruited, how he would be like a might be a talented uh, secret agent uh, was the the part where he like. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, not intimidates. What's the opposite? Uh, provokes mm. the the military police guy into punching him. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you see him pull out the key, and actually, I couldn't even figure out what the significance of the key was, but it was dope. Like you know, I've got a key in my pocket. These guys are about to take me. I've got a key in my pocket. I don't want them to find the key on me. What am I gonna do? How am I going to get this key out of my pocket and to safety? Well, the answer that he comes up with is I'm going to talk shit to this guy until he punches me hard (laughs) enough to knock me to the floor, which gives me the opportunity to slip the key under the rug. Fucking plus five points. Yeah, that was that was super brilliant. I loved it. I and like I said, I don't even know why the key was important, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to watching this show again and again. That was the key for his money. Okay. Oh, oh, for his. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Because when he goes back to his place, he checks under the rug after uh, Allison uh, Dilby leave. And um, uh, he, he immediately runs to the rug to get the key. 
Um, did you ever see the movie? Uh, it's a Spielberg movie, uh, Empire of the Sun. No. Um, who? Okay, who am I thinking of? Uh, John Malkovich uh, is the character in a uh, great character in that movie, and several times in that movie, and they're basically like uh, in a Japanese concentration camp. Uh-huh. Um, there's basically like several times where like John Malkovich like tells someone the the closest person next to him like here take my stuff because yeah. he knows because he knows he's about to get his ass beat <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so that was cool like that what else you got that's all i really spotted um there was a lot of setup uh for for characters so i, I don't think we really got a whole lot um yeah I got I got one more tradecraft yeah. wise. What do you got? Which I was I was looking forward to. You called me uh, a little earlier than I could go and and confirm this, but this just this one thing like kind of raised an eyebrow uh, when there's some discussion where uh, like some like McLaughlin group where they're having a, a you know a, a briefing. And and they and they bring up on the screen like here this guy or something like oh that guy the top undercover agent in Europe and it just it just weirded me out a little like like how are you how are you the top undercover agent in Europe if people know who you are <laughs> I I think I mean right. That sounds weird, right? That does. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's a little iffy. I want to go back and try to uh, untangle that one if I get a chance. But uh, yeah, the top undercover agent in Europe. Uh, if you're the top undercover agent in Europe, like, then it seems like nobody should know who you are. Right. <laughs> the top not undercover the top agent in europe who thinks he's undercover maybe um yeah uh well i am uh what you know um i'm really i'm really excited to talk about this show uh there's there's a lot of stuff that i'm gonna save uh for our future episodes as uh, as well as talking about the plot where i said numerous times in our discussion about the movie that the plot was not the star of the show. Uh, I think the star, the plot is one of the stars of this show. And, yeah. Uh, and, and back to what you were saying about the differences. Um, I don't know if there's going to be another scientist, but the, the fact that the scientist was killed, because I, I was finding myself like not really, paying close attention to when he goes to the handoff. Cause I'm like, okay, we're setting up where he's going to get the scientists. And then we're going to find out that there might be a mole or that he's going to lose his blah, 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 or whatever that he's hypnotized or whatever. And then they fucking come and like, just slaughter the room and like kill the scientists. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, well, this is, this is a different turn. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, uh please join us next week uh we'll be back on regular like uh like real i'll i'll be back on a real microphone uh next week 
Um, if you guys need any, uh, if you guys are having trouble finding the show, we can't tell you how to do it right here, but uh, I don't know, reach out to us. Might give you some tips. Yeah, definitely um, uh, shoot us a line. Um, you can send us an email at the contact page at spieslikeus.net. And make sure to subscribe, um, Spies Like Us podcast on any podcast app you use. And, uh, you know, shoot us a line on Twitter, Spies underscore like us, and uh, Facebook.com slash Spies Like Us podcast. Right. And although, like, because I know the show is airing, like, one episode per week, we are going to do one episode per week uh, as, as they come out. But I noticed when I signed up to ITV, like you can actually binge the whole thing if, if you do manage to uh, sign up for ITV. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we're going to do it once per week. But in the middle there, we are going to uh, not take a break, but also give you an additional movie episode of uh, the third. I oh, yeah, think. that's right. We didn't talk about this. Um <clears throat> Yeah, we, uh, for those of you who noticed, we skipped last week because uh, we wanted to time this for the Ipcrest Files show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd and I had a discussion. We really liked discovering that there's this whole series of Harry Palmer films starring Michael Caine. So we're going to do a Harry Palmer, I guess, series here on Spies Like Us podcast. So oh, yeah. Our, our next film is going to be the third Harry Palmer film. I believe that's correct, and that is the billion dollar brain. So, as uh, in addition to doing these episodes of the TV series once per week, we're also going to bring you in a couple weeks uh, a billion dollar brain episode, and we'll close out with uh, I think it's a funeral in Berlin or something like that, yeah, or last last night in Petersburg. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the it's the last film on the series. So. Uh, I'm I'm super hyped to to watch. Like I, we thought it would be like a great idea to kind of watch Michael Caine's progress in the Harry Palmer films while mm-hmm. watching Joe Cole's performance yeah. as Harry Palmer. Yeah. So I I'm super duper excited for this. Yeah. Uh, so definitely join us next week. And uh, if you haven't already, go back and check our episode of the Ipcrest file starring Michael Caine. Yeah, again, like we we kind of warned you against it, but uh, trust me, like these these two stories are different enough. Like it's it's not gonna matter. I even think like watching the show is even better uh, having seen the movie. Hell yeah! But uh, <laughs> you know, you guys do you, and we'll catch you next week. The preceding transmission sampled the song "Enter the Party" by Kevin McLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net.